Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello, folks. And this is episode 239 now, I believe. And uh, yeah, uh, it's been a while since the last episode because, again, more gremlins, not the mic this time, but uh, something went wrong with my laptop. But I was beginning to feel, Rob, like the podcast was cursed. But you're here today, I'm here today, and unless we're struck by lightning or something else on a sunny day, which would be very, very, very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it would be a freak, a freak accident, yeah. Yeah, I've just remembered... Put my phone on airplane. I always forget that. Uh, if anybody wants to know why we always put our phone on airplane, it's because I think if we receive a call or text while we're recording, we'll get the that mic, sort of noise. Yeah, that's really not that interesting, Rob. No, not at all. Let's get on with it. We've got a lot to get through. Have you got any news? I've got a few bits and pieces. Yeah. So I've tried to up my game on social media, and um, I was talking to. Have you Amy. started posting nudie pictures of yourself? Um, I've learned from past experience, and no one wants to see that, including Sarah. No. Um, so, well, she gets to see it presumably most days. No, I don't let her. We always have to turn the lights off. Do you do what Tobias used to do in Arrested Development and wear cut-off shorts so she can't... So are you How did ne- you know I'm never nude? Are you a never nude, yeah. <laughs> have you been watching the new series of Arrested Development yet? No. So a part of me... I don't know. I'm slightly resistant. I don't know why. Because I was, I was watching... Did you watch the... The, the remix? Yeah. What did you think of that? I've watched bits of it. Yeah. I, don't, I can't make my mind up. It, it's not great, is it? No. Why are we talking about this? Well, we've got a podcast to do. Yeah, you're right. There might not be Arrested Development yeah, you fans. You start the conversation. We'll talk about this when I drop you off. Yeah, okay, sorry, listeners. Enough. We're gonna. If you're an Arrested Development fan, good. If you're not, we're really sorry for that last two minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> Rob, what's the news? Look, please bear with us. So, I was speaking to Amy on uh, on Facebook, and she happens to mention a story about about um, uh, well, she's going she's going back through the the back catalogue basically because the the episodes have been a bit stunted in in terms of when we released them. She's been going back to the way beginning, so I reminded her about please if you hear it, the old man who's trying to find his lost love in Swindon said so if you if you find it, let us know. Get Don't tease me, Rob. She hasn't found it yet, Rob. This this no, no, no. <laughs> hang on, there's more to this. This does exist. Yeah, I know. And I said Look, if you do find it, please let us know because we cannot find it ourselves. So if you come across it, send us an email. But then she said, I'm trying to find a story that I heard because the story is significant because I named my son after one of the people in the story. What? On and the basis I, of hearing our podcast? I had to say to her, so you're telling me you named your your son after one of our fucking stories? She said, she said yes. Well, it wasn't one of our made up names, was it? Xavier no, 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 Cat- no it's okay. a real person. And the name that she picked is the person who submitted the story. And if I say to you, Beaver... Yeah, yeah. So that's a zombie. That's a crazy zombie beaver story, which was from um, in Seattle, Not uh, Seattle, that's, Washington, that's, Washington you're State. You're thinking Jennifer. It was Parker. Yeah, Parker from Virginia. Yeah, she named him Parker. She named her her son Parker after our well, after obviously after Parker who submitted the story, but Presume, as well, a result of listening to our podcast. But was it that, or was it that she just liked the name Parker once she heard it on our podcast? Right. I'm taking it from my podcast. Do you think she found the story so funny that she thought, I always want to associate my son with a, a zombie, a freaking zombie beaver attacking all It's really weird you mentioned that as well because I've got a very similar story really? this week. Yeah. I, d- I don't know whether she associates her son with some sort of demented beaver. Have we um, heard from Parker in a while? No. No. Parker, if you're still listening, let us know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could say that about a few people from this uh, from our podcast over the years. Whatever happened to Nicola? Yeah, whatever happened to Rich? If you remember Rich, he was the guy who, uh, I can't remember, entered into competition. We sent him a, a card with a pound inside. Did you ever hear him afterwards? No. And that was promised you. It wasn't sarcastic. You entered the competition, yeah. you won. And we gave you a prize. Also, just very quickly, um, did you know that Andy Parks met up with Mike Reed? Eh? 
of the um, EastEnders. I've got, I've got a picture. No, no, not that. My read. Oh, the racist. Mike I thought Reed you meant did the. Uh, I thought you meant Frank. No, no. What racist Mike Reed? The one who did the 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 the, uh, the Clipso song, the UKIP Clipso song. How do you spell the, his name? The ex um, Radio One DJ. Oh God! Right. And do you know why? Because apparently, Mike Reed was guest editing the Brighton Argus, and there's a picture of them together. But why would they get him to? If he was, what do you? If he when you say he's racist, how do you spell Mark Reed? Mike Reed. Oh, Mike Reed. Yeah. Oh come on! Yeah, he he made a faux pas, didn't he? He's not like a rabid racist, is he? Is he? I don't I, I don't know. He's, right. I think he was a UKIP supporter. Let's leave it at that. But right. I find it very funny that uh, apparently they let him uh, well, edit the, the Argus. I imagine they get on very well. Yeah, I can I can imagine they share a lot of similar views. Rob, any other news? No, just that. Right, let's get on with it. Let's do a Croydon Cat Killer update. <laughs> That's my kind of news stuff. Right. Um, it's from Liam McKinnery from the News Shopper, eighteenth of June. Right. Met police doing everything possible, say Snarl. Fucking hell. They just have to keep releasing these stories to keep it in the news. The couple striving... Remember, it's a couple. Remember, Snarl are a couple. That cannot be over-exaggerated. remember Boudicca Rising. The couple striving to catch a notorious cat killer have hit back right. claims and not enough is being done to catch the culprit. These claims are believed to be by people who, in quotes... Sit behind computers. People like you and me, Rob. Do you know what? I'm not sitting behind a computer. I'm sitting in front of a microphone and I'll say out loud, I just don't give a shit anymore. And who suggests inadequate action has been taken? Boudicca Rising and Tony Jenkins, who run Snarl, South Nord Animal Rescue and Liberty, have been investigating the mutilation of over 300 animals since 2016. Operation Takahi, as you know, Rob, was launched by the Met Police in December 2015 to catch the animal attacker at that point dubbed the Croydon Cat Killer factually incorrect at that point because when we broke the news they were calling him the Croydon Cat Ripper of course, yeah. nobody wants to mention that anymore Rob no nobody Snarl insists everything is being done to bring whoever is responsible for just to justice a statement read for those of you wondering what the police are doing they are attending alongside us despite stabbings rapes murders serious road traffic accidents human murders and everything that goes into their frantic schedule just because they aren't putting out statements doesn't mean the work isn't being done very unprofessional statement. This I can I also say that yes, they are. They are obviously attending alongside you, but I would have the word reluctantly. <laughs> the couple were in Surrey on Saturday in Sussex yesterday, dealing with a case from eight a.m. Great. Of the case in Sussex, they said, "I love support and sorrow to both owners who had to receive the most awful news this evening, and to the family who received bad news this morning. We can't begin to imagine how you must feel. All we can do is promise that we won't stop until this offender is caught." And as you know, Rob Snarl urges people to help with their investigation by spreading the word online or helping to leaflet information. Um, Professionals 1978 says, yeah, right, lol, unfortunately they probably ain't doing nothing about it. Truth Hurt says, I'd rather police find these brainwashed Muslims who could potentially cause hurt to pain and families. Oh my God. Sorry, I apologise for that comment. That was from Truth Hurts and another um, xenophobic, racist comment. Can I ask one thing? Do we... Because they've never mentioned that that, that this couple have any sort of gainful employment. Well, the commenters? No, no, no. Or the the stories that we've covered. Is it unfair to say that maybe by keeping this story in the public interest... They're keeping themselves in a job? Yeah. Maybe. Last comment. Steve Thompson says, I was recently a victim of a non-cat-related crime in the Selhurst area. (laughs) Which is... I quite like that. I mean, that's good because it's just so unspecific. I reported it to the police and their response was, let's hope it doesn't happen again. Yes, I know the police are underfunded, but it's also a service full of people who couldn't care less about the victims of crime unless it in any way stops them getting their pension. I guarantee you they're not doing anything because it's unlikely to be... I don't know if I can read that comment out. Because I don't know if he's being racist or not. Probably, but... probably best to leave it there. In which case, 
by the look of your face, yes, you can't read it. No, no, he's not being racist, is he? He's saying the opposite. He says, I guarantee you they're not doing anything because it's unlikely to be a black person killing these cats, basically accusing the police of being racist, that if it was a black person killing these cats, they'd be all over him. Right, okay, got it. Right. I'm glad we cleared that up. Anyway, let's move on to Japan, Rob. Unfortunately, it's not a story from the... <laughs> Tokyo Ropata. It feels like you've moved up in guns, because I don't think it was a shotgun before. Wasn't it? What was it? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, of course it was. I can't do a pistol. Pew, pew! It wasn't that. No, no right, it was it a shotgun. <laughs> you enjoy that every time I do it. It's not from the... Because it's just uh, completely pointless. It's not from... It's brilliant. It's not from the Tokyo... The reason I do that is because the Tokyo Reporter, which is a real paper, their banner has two bullet holes in the word <laughs> in the word Tokyo. And, and can I just say, for no reason, have we, ever, we haven't actually just ever talked about why is that there for a paper? And it's, it's just... It's completely unnecessary, and there's no a sense of irony in the, in in it whatsoever. No, can you imagine if the Times of London had bullet holes in its uh, in its logo? Do you know what I think? I'd trust them more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Japanese worker Rob, this is by Justin McCurry in Tokyo. Right. Japanese worker punished Rob for starting lunch three minutes early. I actually read the story in the Guardian today. Yeah. <laughs> Japan's commitment to addressing its dismal record on work-life balance has been called into question after a civil servant was punished for habitually slipping away from his desk a few minutes earlier to buy lunch. Were you going to read this out as well? No, no, no. But it's a classic. It is a classic. The 64-year-old and employee of the Waterworks Bureau in the western city of Kobe was fined and reprimanded after his founders left his desk just three minutes before the start of his designated lunch break on 26 occasions over a seven-month period. So he was a repeat offender. I mean, that's fair enough. I know, but I guess what I love is officials at the Bureau, listeners, called a televised news conference, (laughs) apologised for the man's conduct called it deeply regrettable and bowed in an apology. And rightly so. What do you make of it? I mean... This man was slipping out every day to get his bento box, as it says in the article, but he was taking the piss. He was going on company time, you know. Did you read the end of the story, Rob? No. Um, Please, the, that's how we can the, the employee, who has not been named, reportedly said that he had left the office early to buy lunch because he needed, in quotes, a change of pace. <laughs> What, by leaving three minutes early? Kobe City recently suspended another official for a month for a similar misdemeanor, saying he'd been absent for more than 55 hours over a six-month period. That's fair enough. Yeah, but that might work out some like five minutes a day. Yeah. yeah. God, if I did, if, they, if my employer calculated the amount of time I left work early. Right, Rob, this is from the Metro today. Jimmy... Subu- Jimmy Sabuga, I think his name is, he's a journalist... A woman, Rob, was, has described the terrifying moment she woke up and found a fox attacking her in bed. Now, we've been covering stories about foxes for a long, right. long time. We know that they've been getting more more cocky, Rob, more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, more brave. Braver. Um, Jolie Nallard, 22, managed to scare the animal away but discovered she was bleeding after being bitten at her flat in Clapham, southwest London, on Sunday. The fox had woke her up at 5.30am after chomping down on her bicep. Doctors later told Miss Naylard... They just spelled her name two different ways. No, Naylard. Um, She had six puncture wounds on her arm. My left bicep was throbbing with pain and covered in blood and I wondered what the hell had happened, she told the son. Then I saw a fox at the end of my bed and I just screamed and burst into tears. As I sat up, I accidentally kicked it and it jumped off the bed and ran out the door. She managed to scare the animal away after kicking it, but her boyfriend, Harry King... They've got interesting names. Jolie Naylard and Harry King. It does sound like a kind of celebrity couple who might people might go on Love Island, that kind of thing. Yeah, it does. When I say celebrity, I mean, you know... 
completely opposite. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he has. He. Do you know how he subdued the fox, Rob? Punching in the face. No. Have another guess. Uh, sedating it with vodka. Throwing pillows at it. This is not a brave response from the boyfriend, is it? Throwing pillows at a fox. Well, this might mean. This is to be fair. This is quite a, a brave fox has managed to sneak into this house and then bit some. I mean, they're quite timid creatures. I don't understand how it's got in here. Foxes, timid. Yeah, they are timid. They've been attacking people left, right, and centre. Well, yeah, but the last story you featured was about four years ago for a man who. who... That's just because I gave up reading them. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> about the man who had his gar- garlic bread stolen yeah, by a fox. Yeah, exactly that. Miss Naylard spent two days in hospital where she received a rabies, tetanus, and polio shot. People rarely get attacked by foxes in Britain, I take it back. She was surprised by the incident. Miss Naylard said the animal had walked in through her bedroom's open patio doors. She added she was not sure if the animal had targeted her or it gets, got scared after she moved her it's arm. It's probably exactly that. What? Uh, also, why, why on earth would you stick your patio doors open? That's not a euphemism. Why? Because, I mean, anyone could walk in. No, I know. Well, Rob, let me just show you, though, a picture of her. Is this relevant to the story? Maybe. It's, if it's in the sun... Do you blame the fox? <laughs> say something? Um, is it not fair to say that maybe the only reason that she was featured in The Sun is because she, she's a, an attractive Metro. young lady? Oh, Metro. Yeah, my, my point still stands. Yeah, you're right. We should do a test case. So what we find somebody, a deeply unattractive man or woman, yep. or, although, of course, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, who says they got bitten by a fox and see if they will report it. Yeah, so maybe in, in comparison, we need to find like a, a model-less figure and then a tramp. Um, why don't, exactly we, do, why don't we do you as the test case? As the, the model-less figure? <laughs> Yeah, all right, Rob. Okay, fine. That makes you feel better, my friend. Thanks, mate. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us there. Yeah, my first story is from the Epping Forest Guardian. It's been a while since I featured it, but uh, it's a good story. Uh, It's from the 6th of June, so I've had it for a while. Um, The story doesn't seem to have a reporter, but uh, the headline, Petter representatives are concerned about ducks. I'm concerned about ducks. I often lie awake just thinking about ducks. Do you? About their general well-being? You know, whether they're being abused? Sexual fantasies mainly. Yeah, okay, there we go. So an animal rights group has written to the head teachers of town school following an incident with a dead duck. I used to like Daffy Duck a lot. Not like that. <laughs> Sorry, because I realised that's just. I used to. I was, I was thinking because he was naked from the waist. When down? you were talking, no, I was thinking. No, 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 no. He wasn't. He was fully naked. Oh, d- oh that's Donald. Donald Sorry, yeah. I, obviously, it's a big mystery why Donald Duck ever wore a shirt because he didn't wear any trousers or underwear. Yeah. But out of all the ducks, the cartoon ducks, my favourite was Daffy Duck. He was mischievous. He had a lisp, and I have a slight lisp now, but it was much more pronounced when I was younger. So I think I identified with him in some way, and he was very humorous. Did you I- like Daffy Duck? Uh- I mean, I don't really have any strong feelings about him. Yeah. Daffy Duck would be top. Second would be Scrooge McDuck. I agree with that, yeah. I, I don't know. See, I must admit, when you, when you started the duck talk, as I'm going to call it... That's um, a good podcast. No, it's really not. No, it is. D- duck talk, where we duck. just talk about ducks. Yeah. In animation. Because yeah. I'm, I'm guessing we've run out of um, chat very quickly. And there's Howard the Duck, obviously. The, yeah. the George Lucas. Uh, is that really? George Lucas made the film. Have you ever seen it, Howard the Duck? No, I've no, heard reference it. to it. Yeah, and yeah. I know he features... He, I think he featured in... Um, it was a comic before that. Yeah, because he, he was in um, uh, Suicide Squad. He features in that. Okay. I'm going to get back to the story. Last week, the Guardian reported that a teenage boy had been seen kicking a mallard to death. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Sorry, can I just say that, that is not funny? Utterly inappropriate. Can I just say that is not... <laughs> 
it isn't funny, and I apologise, but the phrase kicking a man is a, is, a, is, a, is a quote right out of the Alan Partridge handbook. Yeah. Rob, I killed a fox once. That's what that reminds me of. You know, but unfortunately, you hit, I hit him with my car, but unfortunately he didn't die. I had to go back and finish finish him off with a jack. Yeah. Um, kicking a mallard to death. Why did they put the word mallard in there? I find the word mallard a, a intrinsically comical name. Yeah. The, I... Yeah, I suppose so. I think uh, you could. They could have just said duck, but I suppose they want to differentiate between you know the, the female duck. Rob, and the, let me and read the you this sentence. Gentleman duck. Uh, a sixteen-year-old teenager was found in a park killing a um, um, kicking a duck-billed platypus. Yeah, <laughs> right. You see? Yeah, yeah. Right. You just laughed at that. You, you, you tyrant. Yes, but you made that up. That's not true. Yeah, I don't think. No. Um, I don't think we have duck-billed <clears throat> platypuses in this country, do we? Maybe in the zoo. But can I say, there is something about animals. There's nothing funny about hurting animals, but there are a collection of words you can put together whenever to be comical. Let me give you another example. A man was a man was spotted... Hang on. A man was spotted throwing an otter over some park railings into a brick wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the image is ridiculous. Yeah. Hor- horrendous, but... There is something that's slightly comical about it, and it's slightly slapstick as well. It's like the people who drowned the bees. <laughs> yeah, which you're right though. The honey bees. It's one of those endeavours. You just think it's just utterly, utterly well, pointless. Any, any beating of an animal is is a pointless endeavour. Yeah, which is good because I have it's to say, it's not a fair contest. All my stories are animal related, and they're all being abused in one way or another. <laughs> it's like it's going to be a very mucky episode, listeners. Prepare yourselves. Mucky? Yeah. What is there? Mucky normally means sex. Okay. All right. Mr. Uh, He didn't shag the duck, did he? No. (laughs) Can I just say this? There is no suggestion that he shagged it. Where's that from? What did you do next? Shag a robin? Is that bottom? What did you do next? Shag a robin? Where is that from? Is that not partridge? I think it's bottom. I'm going to have to put that into Google. So, listen, just to clarify, Alex is Googling the, the phrase, what do you do next, shag a robin? <laughs> I've put in bobbin. And it's, it's, it's wants to do bobbin. What is a bobbin? I don't know. Shag a robin. It's, it's involved in um, sewing, a bobbin. I think it's, it's, in, it's inserted to a, a spinning jenny, if anyone. No, yes, it is. It's the Christmas special of Alan Partridge. The guest, so. the guest shouts, Oi, Alan, what did you do? Because that's when he's stuffing the turkey. That's right, yeah. And, and, and what are you going to do next? Shag a robin. And that's when I think he punches the guest with the turkey on his arm. Yes, that's right. What a great line. Anyway, so, uh, so uh, the teenage boy was seen kicking a mallard to death in Waltham Abbey in an account that was later challenged by Logan Hall. Hang uh, on a minute. Logan Hall is a great it, name. It is a person as well. What they just drop him in there? I don't know. I have to find out who he is. So anyway, <clears throat> Mr. Hall suggested the boy had thrown a, a boot in. One... <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Hall suggested the boy had thrown a boot in only once. The animal was already dead, having <laughs> been hit by a car. <laughs> but why are you kicking a dead duck? <laughs> Sorry, you see a duck right that's been run over by a car, and you go over and, and kick you put it. the boot in. Yeah, kicking a dead duck while it's down. Yeah. It's out of order. Is that the episode title? I mean, I just don't understand. <laughs> well, it's down. Yeah, possibly, actually, yeah. Concerned by the boy's uh, behaviour, whether the duck was dead or alive, today's... Uh, sorry. Fuck you, you mallard! <laughs> <laughs> so, today, people for the ethical, ethical treatment of animals, PETA, wrote to the Waltham Abbey schools. The letter from the media... Oh, come on, the duck was dead. They don't know that. I mean, they did say it doesn't matter whether the duck's dead or alive. I would suggest no, 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 it, it does matter if the duck's dead because it makes no difference to the situation. That's like saying... That's like saying <clears throat> no. 
No, well, it does matter. I've just shagged this duck, but it was dead when I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, why should I go there to the first place? Is it possible for a human to shag a duck? Because I don't know what they're all. Because I don't know if they've got the same kind of organs. Well, I think we've covered this as well because we know ducks have. Uh, well, uh, birds have cloacas, which I think is. They have one hole for. Google's just got two corkers. <laughs> it's just got do ducks have. This is going to put you know what it's realize. got now? Do ducks have vaginas? It's quite nice Female thing. ducks have corkscrew vaginas. They twist in the opposite direction to the duck's male, the male duck's penis. So no, you couldn't, Rob, because you you don't fit. They've managed to exclude all other species by having no. But you know, like how like Sony will use proprietary connectors on their devices, and Apple as well, and all <laughs> yeah. the other companies like a proprietary connector. That's what ducks have got to keep other species. It doesn't out. mean someone hasn't tried. That person isn't me. I'm going to look out for any Daffy Duck cartoons where he's holding a corkscrew because if he is, then it's that's a euphemism. Right. The letter from the media uh, coordinator Jennifer Wright read: "I'm writing for the people of Petter Foundation, which is dedicated to humane education, teaching children compassion and empathy for every living beings, and offers free hum- free humane education materials to teachers. Studies have shown there's a link between the cruelty to animals and violence towards humans. We know this. People who commit violent acts against humans often have a history of hurting animals. Yes, that's we've already true. covered this. Therefore, it's important that, important that pupils learn why cruelty to animals is wrong. Robbie." Why did you kick that mallard? Because <laughs> I wasn't loved as a child. No, don't. <laughs> well, that's probably it, Rob. <coughs> I, was, I was doing something for comedic effect. Oh, I'm you sorry. Just... I, th- I thought you, we were just going for the you know the brutally honest answer. Right. Um, this, I didn't realise there's two comments on the story. Um, uh, Molly already said, people, humans, being mugged, robbed, stabbed, shot all over in England. Get your priorities right. <laughs> It's just a bloody mallard. Exactly that. I think that was, that was what she was trying to say. There's your t-shirt. It's just a bloody mallard. <laughs> right. Now, I, I know we're getting on. Like I have got a great idea for a TV show. Oh, God. Do you remember Mallet's Mallet? Yeah, of course I do. Mallet's Mallard. Timmy Mallet yeah. and a mallard. I don't know where the show goes from there. Right. But that is an Alan Partridge idea if ever there was one. So we s- follow, we follow, you know, like there's the new Paul Whitehouse thing where oh, yeah, he's fishing, fishing with Bond, but yeah, Sorry. the story is just following Timmy Mallet around his day to day activities with his pet mallard, stroke like lover. That. It's the kind of thing that would be on, ch- on channel five during the day. I think it could be quite, um, depression. No, therapeutic, like, no, kind of quite calming. I just imagine like seeing... he, I could just see him in bed. I can actually now see Timmy Mallet like, and he's got a bowl of cereal and he's watching TV in bed. On like an iPad with the mallard next to him. See, I get it. I, I, I can imagine that quite easily. But also I can imagine him sitting on like a canal towpath with a yes. mallard on the bench next to him. Or on his shoulder. As he drinks alcohol from a, a brown carrier bag <laughs> and contemplates his life. You're talking about the most depressing show I've ever watched. Looking at pictures of Roland Rat who left him a few years ago. <laughs> hey, Reppens! I mean, if you just think about this man who used to wear, you know, bright neon clothing, used to hit hit children on the heads with a hammer. You could never do it now, Rob. No, you could never do half the stuff we saw. Funhouse, no way. No, no way. Just looking back on it, I mean, the signs were there. Rob, I used to watch every day a BBC presenter, whoever it was, whether it was John Craven or Andy Peters, in a broom cupboard. God, thank God. I'm so the idea, now, the idea now is like that we are going to put our male presenter to talk to children from a little cupboard. Yeah? Yep. It is bizarre. It is. But we loved it. We loved it. You might have done it. Being in that cupboard. Right. 
Yeah, it's from Phoebe Cook. It's in the sun. It's, it's going back a bit. It was uh, updated last on the 1st of February 2018. Church-going pensioner, 80, who sexually assaulted cow, banned from every Rob, farm in Britain. You've got to say that this is... <laughs> right. A cow fucker. 80. 80? Walks with sticks. Right. John Kerner, 80, who was <laughs> finally busted molesting cattle at a farm in Uxbridge, West London. Finally. A decade <laughs> after his first visit. What, so he just visited and had sex with cows? Do you want to see a picture of him? Just get it put it in perspective. Yeah. There he is, with his little beanie helm. You, carrying his shopping. It, 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 it's kind of like the last... He just looks like a normal old day. I mean, what the hell? But maybe he's got a genuine, like, fetish, like, attraction, a sexual orientation towards bovines. Farmer's wife, Susan Howie, caught Kerno twice with his pants and trousers. His wife caught him. No, the, the farmer's wife. The farmer's wife. Caught him twice with his pants and, and, his pants and trousers around his ankles and courting her cattle at a 60-acre part lodge farm. You say courting. Courting, yeah. He's not courting them, he's having sex with them. How do you know that? You just say... You said he said pants around his ankles. Yeah. And you said he'd shagged Around his ankles and courting her cow. I think that's, that's an inappropriate says. phrase. Courting doesn't involve exposing yourself. He's been doing it for 10 stuff. years. He might be playing the long game. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that that is inappropriate the son. If I'm courting a person, whether of, you know, if I'm courting another human being, the way to do it is not to reveal myself by pulling no, down my... No, but this is what I'm saying. He might be one particular cow and he's and he's been in the relationship with the cow for the last 10 years. But that's not courting. Courting is a date. Courting is another word for dating. Yeah, but they may have... Yeah, but this might be, you know... They I'm may saying have it's a son using... A common law marriage. <laughs> it's not courting though, Rob. <laughs> the pensioner claimed he visited a church near the farm once a week because he liked the view. Uh, <laughs> of the cows? Yeah. Miss, Miss Harry described her horror as she busted the octogenarian mid-masturbation. Busting the octogenarian mid-masturbation? <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode title. Can I just say, Rob, that... Can you imagine going to church, right? I'm saying, singing your hymns, doing your communion, and then... Bugging a cow on the way home. <laughs> feeling that it's appropriate to have sex with a cow. Uh, no, I really can't. Um, so, Miss Harry described her horror as she busted the octogenarian mid-masturbation. He had his left hand... Interfering with the cow and his right hand, the lower part of his body, his shirt was covering it. He stopped, looked up, grabbed his boxes so sorry, and his trousers and ran to the start. He's groping the cow, is he? Uh, yes. Is this a male or female cow? Uh, I, it doesn't say. <laughs> I mean, either way, I don't think it makes much difference. All cows female. Male, male cows are bulls, aren't they? Oh, good point, actually, yes. It must so, be a so male cow. Yeah. No, it's a female cow. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Does that make you feel is better? Is he playing with the others? What's he I, doing? I don't, I don't I've no idea. On the second occasion, I rely on the sun to at least give us a source. On the second occasion, she arrived at 8.30pm, a little bit late for milking. It was the same <laughs> field as before. This time he had his whole hand in the cow. So he's fisting the cow? Yeah. This is like um, <laughs> Mr. Chinnery from um, <laughs> League of Gentlemen. Yes, but at least he... Dr. Chinnery, sorry. At least he was a... He, he was a, a, a licensed veterinarian. <laughs> he grabbed his trousers and boxes and he ran for the star... Yeah, he actually fell over the stall because his trousers fell down. <laughs> he was trying to get over it. This is like the most. Um, this is how. This is how they should. This should have been the finale. Wait for this. Mm. Of Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> <laughs> Compo bogus a cow. <laughs> because he looked like Compo Rob. 
Yeah, he did. Actually, it does look like combo. That's very. Can true. I just say, wouldn't that have been brave of the writers to say all these episodes you've been watching for years? Secretly, these guys are perverted sex pests. We're like a pig behind the curtain. Just bothering farmyard cattle. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine if they just let, left hints of that throughout the entire series, and people went back and went, "Oh yeah, I, yeah, they right, they were doing that." Yeah, yeah. Um, Kono, who uses a walking stick, is his also, name Kono. Yeah. So it is like Compo. Was that his name? What was his name? Yeah, Compo. Yeah. There we go. Kono Compo. Yeah. He used a walking stick. Was also spotted by two sisters who saw who say sisters. Yeah, two sisters. Or two sisters. Not not nuns. I don't think so. No, I'm guessing a pair of sisters. I'm assuming. Is sisters capital? No, they are sisters. Yeah, they right. are sisters. Yeah. Um, was spotted by two sisters who say they saw him insert his left arm up to the shoulder in the back end <laughs> of the beast and perform a solo sex act. So basically, okay, so he's he's masturbating himself. Yes. Whilst he's got his whole arm inside the cow up to the shoulder. Yes. Can't have been very comfortable for the cow. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. What the fuck? Yeah, this story. Uh, 80. Yeah, this story. Um, How did you come across? You must have seen this on Twitter. Uh, no, it looks like it up. You're reading the sun now. A are friend you? of mine, um, a friend of mine knew of the story because she actually had a part in it, but I can't go into detail how she she had a part. She in. saw it. No, she didn't see it. No, no. She's the cow. I will tell you. I'll tell you off air. But I can't. Okay. Um, on the third occasion, sisters Maeve and Aideen McHugh watched Kerno trying to have sex with a cow about 150 yards away for up to 30 minutes. They're, they're trying to for 30 minutes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. If he could fit his arm in there, how's he struggling to fit his? Penis in there, Rob. Yes, but man, Alex, this is a man who walks with a stick. Oh, I think see. about how high, how high a cow is. So, what, are they watching him like get a variety of chairs? <laughs> like, <laughs> I've no idea whether he was on the back of the cow. I, I don't know. Kerner claims not to have masturbated over th- over three years due to his medication, uh, and it's not been in a relationship for fifty years. Uh, he didn't. He continued to deny the charges after the hearing and said he would sue the police. On his way home to Wembley, North West London, he said angrily, I'm going to appeal. There's no evidence. I have no choice. I'm suing the police too. Why would I drop my trousers? I never did it. It's just their word against mine. Are there any comments? Um, yeah, but I'm not going to answer. I'm just wondering, do we want to do this list of story quickly? We're going to have to, but uh, can I just say, Rob, about that story, which is an all-time classic? Yeah. Hashtag Moo2. Very good. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it, it's very good. No, yeah. like I said, it, I enjoyed it. So, very quickly, and I'm sorry... No, because let's see all the other cows come out of the woodwork and say what's happened to them. Yeah, you are, yeah. Um, I hope they're not bullish about it. No, I shouldn't be making jokes. Um, right, so this story was sent to us by uh, Steve. Uh, it's from the BBC News website, actually. Uh, it's from the 2nd of June. Uh, any journalist? Steve no. in Derby. Yes. Yeah. And he sent this... Uh, Wondering whether this was uh, Alan Ames related. Because there's definitely a connection here. Okay, go on then. Alan Ames, owner of Eagle Heights. Well, we don't know what he's doing now. but So, uh, German Zoo says escapes big cats, never left enclosure. Well, how did they escape then? My magic. I think they just annoyed it. So We two- never had a big cat. <laughs> That's what you do if a big cat escapes. What big cat? So what's, what's the enclosure there? It says what's, what's the industrial sized bag of kitty litter? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's not that's not an enclosure, mate. You know, that's just um, some uh, old, old uh, railings. Yes, old, old railings. So that's just a water feature. That <laughs> just ignore that. So two lions, two tigers, and a jaguar <laughs> reported to escape from a storm-hit zoo in West Germany. Never left their enclosures. It has emerged. Explain. A search was launched, and residents told to stay indoors after after floods swept through a zoo in Lundbach 
leaving the animals un- unaccounted for. The big, ca- the big cats were found after water was cinded, still in their enclosures. How didn't they drown? Good question. I mean, I think they can swim, but yeah. Um, a bear that did escape from its closure in the privately owned Eiffel Zoo was shot dead, officials confirmed. Oh. <laughs> so it escaped things, so can you imagine? Come back. Right, he's like making a bid for freedom. I just sure like, it wasn't a dog. It could, it could have been a dog. Yeah, it's a reference to the story from, I think, our last episode. I just like that there's a really sort of... Um, yeah, there was a, a zookeeper really reluctant and just just had it in its sights and then the voice just goes, take the shot, Dan. <laughs> And literally one shot, bear goes down. Story over. Oh, that is sad, though. So Andreas Kruppump, Kruppumt, or Kruppert. I wonder how far the bear got. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Can you imagine it's in like in a suburban street and there's a stake and they've got to close off the road. The bear's like in the gardens and they just have to shoot it dead. I love that. Literally. So did I. It's yeah. over I, yeah. Uh, Mayor of the Principality of Arlesfield said zookeepers lost track of the big cats during the storm but later located them still in their enclosures with the help of a drone. We are very happy the, snor- the scenario we had initially feared didn't turn out to be the case. Um, Mr. Cruppert said the decision to shoot the bear was made to protect the public. As soon as the serious flooding... Um, sorry, as soon as a risk of serious flooding... Um, as a result of serious flooding, the high water pressure on the gate of the bear's enclosure meant it gave way. As a result... And also, in an effort to save itself from rising waters, the bear fled the enclosure. That's really sad. I know, because it wasn't actually... Yeah, I mean, it was just doing what was natural to it. Yeah. Didn't know bears could swim. No. Well, maybe you can't. That's why you try to escape the enclosure. Uh, he added that the flood damage to the zoo was being, being assessed and animals would be transferred to another zoo if necessary. Great story. Thank you, Steve. We had to rattle through that because we are pressed on time. And I think, Rob... God, I feel like we packed so much into this episode. I don't even know where it began no, and ended. I no. mean, there is so much and so much, so much quality there. Um, brilliant stories. And thank you again to our listeners who submit stories. And uh, look, that brings us to the end of this episode, Rob. Episode 239. Yep. As we um, we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation, yet trepidation, to our next episode, which will be episode 240. As we move ever more forward, Rob, I guess like a bear swimming for freedom... Uh, after his zoo is flooded, only to find himself presumably shot through the head. Yep, yep. Uh, fatally. Um, just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode. Grim, grim. <laughs> episode 240, <clears throat> as I say. And you know the drill, everybody. We can be found on our website, lapodcast.net. You can download all of the episodes from there. You can donate to The Worthy Course. It's this podcast. We're on YouTube. If you search for lapodcast.net, you'll find some videos there. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash lapodcast. Twitter at, at lapodcast. If you want to send us a story, you can put it on, post it on Facebook, tweet it to us, or just email us. That's how we normally get them, Rob, isn't it? Yeah. The good old-fashioned way, lapodcast.net at gmail.com. That's lapodcast.net at gmail.com. And we will be back quicker than we were last time. You're going to get this episode soon after this one. No longer than a week. I promise you that. God bless. And keep it local.